Welcome back to the Doster Roster Podcast. I am your host, Paul Doster, and I'm joined, as always, by Noah Asher. Jumbo, everybody. And in this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the NFL Draft and what an event it is, and it's always a very exciting one. And obviously this year we're going to be featuring a lot of potentially star quarterbacks and a lot of talent uh, from potentially the UCF area and whatnot. But before we dive into that, Noah has the news segment this week. All right, well, first thing I want to talk about, big news. Uh, Paul and I went to a football game together. We did. We went to the UCF spring game. In April. Yes. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Uh, I thought it was I, a good turnout. Yeah, and uh, I think Paul thoroughly enjoyed my seats. Oh, you, I mean, you can't beat Lower Cabana, dude. That's yeah. pretty awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, you're. What, what were you, like 10 rows off the 40? Ten rows, yeah, 10 rows up, uh, like 35-yard line. It's they're pretty fantastic. So uh, with that though, there was some news that came out of the UCF spring game uh, that kind of made its way around sports Twitter, and that is the UCF jerseys. Now, uh, for those of you that didn't see, the UCF jerseys did not have the player names on the back. I know, a little mm-hmm. weird, uh, and it didn't have nothing on the back. What they had was the players. They had all of their Twitter handles on the back of the, on the backs of their jersey, right. which is huge, especially for the players, because now they are being able to become personalities on their own. They're much more of an individual, yeah, in this way. And I thought it was funny because you and I were looking, and a lot of them were just like whoever it was at first name, last name, yeah. But we always wanted to see like who was the one who made their Twitter handle in like middle school. Or like early high school because they still, lover sixty nine because they because they still had the you know like little you know you know the one the only six nine four twenty or whatever yeah. it was on the back and but anyway. I feel like probably a lot of them during high school while going through recruitment and stuff like that probably dumped their old twitters probably and started new Twitter accounts probably. Um, which is why we probably didn't see as many of those. I mean, no. that would. I mean, it would not be surprising for me to see like a kicker with one of those, like because I mean, I feel like kickers in general like a little weirder guys. Oh uh, yeah, they're yeah. You got you got to be. I think they're 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 a different breed. Yeah. So uh, and I mean I don't know if you're really caring that much about your kicker's social media presence that much when you're recruiting him. Yeah. It's... Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting to see. UCF embraced player individuality. Yeah. And that, and uh, Gus Malzahn actually came out, and uh, the new AD, uh, Tony Morgier, uh, came out and said, you know, that that's something they want to do. They want to celebrate player individuality. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but that was a cool thing that uh, we did we got, last week. We got to see, yeah, I was just going to add, I thought that we got to see a little bit of, just a little bit of what Gus Malzahn is going to bring to UCF. And like, it definitely looked like he is going to bring a good mix, especially to the offense, because it looked like he had incorporated a lot of what I would call like misdirection plays. So it didn't seem like uh, they what's the word I'm looking for? They were much more flexible on offense. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't a very stiff. I mean, offense. and I feel like you saw a lot of predictability under Josh Heupel. Like it was very no like, and you saw that towards the end of his career at UCF that just defenses knew what we were going to throw at them. Right. So I'm excited to see the transition with Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Uh, Paul did get to see 
one of his favorite things, trick plays. I did. I, I, was, I Oh, I've talked about that in the last podcast. Un, underrated is trick plays. Yeah. Oh, we, we're not even going to have time to get into our no. discussion about curling. Yeah, we're going to. Uh, <laughs> no, we're going to have to move on to the next yeah. new, news topic. All right. So next item in the news, uh, the Bengals have, now making air quotes here, New Jersey's. Yes. Uh, helmets are staying the same, but apparently it's the first time they've had New Jersey since 2004. Now, Paul, looking at their New Jersey's, can you see a difference? I'm. That's what I'm. Tr- I saw this a couple days ago, and I'm and I'm honestly trying to see a difference. But unless they, because I'm looking at the description of it right now, and unless they told me what was different, I would have been like, uh, you could have fooled me. Yeah, I would not know. Um, good I, for good for the Bengals. I, I guess? love that, I mean, Josh. Did you see that uh, Josh Burrow or Joe Burrow? Yeah. made a comment of like. Uh, love how the team is innovating, and I think the fans are going to be really excited about this. Which you know, one hundred percent, the pub, like the PR person is like, "Hey, yeah. here's your line. You have to go out and say." Yeah, it. I was going to say, I'm reading the article right now. "Quote unquote, this uniform excites me." <laughs> uh, it says no one ever, dude. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I mean, the Bengals obviously know that their future is with Joe Burrow, and so they got to make a splash. So I think if they can make a new Jersey, there's a lot of marketing in that too, you know? So if they have a new Jersey, people are going to want the latest and current uniforms. And so it's so, just, I don't, it's yeah, a way to make money. I really don't have a lot. And of, I don't have a negative to say about it. I, yeah, I don't have a negative to say. I don't think they're ugly. I don't think that they're bad. It's just that like, if you're going to make a new uniform, like actually like step it up. I mean like Tampa Bay, when they came out with, new I uniforms. was just going to say when Tampa Bay came out with one, it was, it wasn't drastic, but it was definitely different. Yeah. It was definitely a lot more modern. It was a lot more um, unique. But this is just like they added a couple stripes. Not yeah. impressed. Not impressed. Not impressed either. All right. So next news story we have on the schedule here. Alex Smith, QB of the former R-Words, retiring from football. He's yes, joining uh, Julian Edelman in that retirement space. Yep. Um, I don't know if we talked about that on the last podcast or not. Julian Edelman retiring. That might have happened in I, between. It might have, um, but uh, just to, just to uh, recap, yeah, Julian Edelman, wide receiver for the New England Patriots, has retired uh, just recently. And so now, obviously, this week, uh, Alex Smith, as you mentioned, the quarterback for the former Washington Redskins, former R-word, sorry. And he was also the quarterback for the Chiefs before Patrick Mahomes got there, and he was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. So, um, but yeah, what a career for Alex Smith, man. I mean, I think that 12 that, years, 12 years yeah. in the NFL. I think that dude has definitely, he, he can hang his hat up on that and with a smile on his face because I mean, obviously everybody knows the injury, the leg injury that he had that almost took his life mm-hmm. and to be able to not only come back from that and just have the amount of mobility he had let alone play starting quarterback in the NFL again is goes without saying it's amazing in terms of his like legacy. I I think that he'll just go down as he'll go down as average. Cause he was a former number one overall yeah. pick. He was picked above a couple different quarterbacks, but uh, the one that was most notable was Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I think that he, he had a, Good career, but um, nothing that nothing that'll get him into the Hall of Fame or anything yeah. like that. But I mean, definitely, um, 
definitely a great athlete and quarterback that's now um, in retirement. Yeah. Um, do you think Edelman will be a Hall of Famer? Dude, this is one that's gone back and forth in sports media. And I'm really teetering just like on the edge on that one because part of me says yes and part of me says no. Well, but... all right. Let me put in my two cents. Yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. He I... doesn't have a Hall of Fame stat line. That's what everybody's making the and yes, two assumption time, to. Two-time quarterback. I mean, two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. But winning the Super Bowl doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think it should. And not... Because how many linemen are also two-time Super Bowl champions from... I mean, not to say that linemen don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Right. Don't yeah, come at me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I, mean, I mean, that is definitely a less represented position in the Hall of Fame. No, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have the star power that it does. But I think, yeah, it's just, I don't know. If you're going to, part of me is like, if you're going to make the stat comparison then, then why isn't Chad Johnson in the Hall of Fame? You know what I mean? Chad Ochocinco in the Hall of Fame. And then I think he will be. And then Terrell Owens just and I mean just so barely got in the Hall of Fame. And he's the and in terms of stats, he's every major statistical category, he's like third, second or third all time. Okay. How much of that has to do with the person rather than the stats? Oh, like ninety five percent. Exactly. So now there's, Julian so, Edelman, so there's so many subjective person. things that end up making your Hall of Fame ballot, which is Really, kind of a weird it's way a, that it it's works. The media, it is. Yeah, the media. It's so, always the media. So, bottom line, I won't. If if he gets to the Hall of Fame, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be upset. But if he doesn't, I'll also I'll be like, okay, that's fine too. Like, yeah. I don't. I'm, I don't really have a strong opinion. Yeah. So. So. All right. On to the next item, and that is huge, huge announcement. Huge announcement. Yes. Beep 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 beep. <laughs> That's our official. Yeah, that's that's our official huge <laughs> announcement sound. Uh, the NFL announces that they have official sports betting partners now. And I wish I had looked at the numbers beforehand, but the NFL didn't have an official betting partner. Yeah. And they were still on a yearly basis getting billions of dollars in bets at Las in Las Vegas. So now that they have an official partner, I can only imagine what those numbers are going to look like. Oh, now. it's going to be insane. So anyway, you can you can continue. Now, uh, my question is how that is going to interact day to day in the like actual broadcast realm. Are we going to have betting lines built mm. into the built into the live stream onto the TV? I mean, are is that going to be part of pre-game commentary as to who's the like what the betting lines are for that game? Now, also because sports betting is not nationwide legalized, right? You have to be in markets that allow for sports betting to use the partners, which we haven't mentioned: Caesars, FanDuel, and DraftKings. Correct. Um. You have to be in a real money betting market in order to use those platforms. Are we in that market? No, we are not. <sighs> I, thought, I, I could have sworn that Florida was. Maybe, no, I, maybe dude, I saw. it's the tribal casinos. That's why. Damn it. No sports betting inside Florida at all. My other thing is, will this push the conversation to nationwide legalized sports betting instead of a state-by-state basis? I think it 
in time, you'll have to. It's kind of like you keep up with the times or you get left behind. Yeah. Because I think that they'll start to see the, the, the amount of revenue it's bringing in. Yeah. And they'll see that they're missing out on it. And I think that it'll just be something that they'll, they'll kind of push through once they realize that there's, there's serious opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, and then last point of news, uh, Kobe Bryant estate elects to not renew deal with Nike. Now sneakerheads are going wild because if they don't get, if they don't do a deal anywhere, suddenly the value of Kobe's of those shoes are going to go through the roof. Of course. Because no new ones are coming out. Simple supply and demand. And then, but part of it apparently is that the Kobe Bryant estate is in search of a lifetime deal. Like the ones that Jordan and LeBron have. Okay. Um, so it's definitely an interesting situation that they found themselves in now. Um, and is this Vanessa Bryant? What was, what were you going to say? I was just going to say for those who might not be very familiar with how this works, is this just his shoes? Uh, I believe this is all Kobe Bryant, Nike merchandise, merchandise. Okay. All all I was going to just preface this by is that Kobe Bryant, obviously big time athletes get sponsored by certain companies, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, Under Armour, whatever the case might be. So, Kobe Bryant for his entire career was a was a Nike guy. He was sponsored by Nike. He wore Nike. He created his own um, brand of shoe uh, through Nike called Kobe. So now the the, the storyline is that they're not getting a renewed deal with Nike, and so yeah, uh, I mean so that's why it's a big deal. Nike came to the table with a deal, and Vanessa Bryant felt that they deserve better. Okay, um, and. She did say that it seems fitting that more NBA players wear my husband's product than any other signature shoe. I mean, he. I mean, it goes without saying the, the legacy that, that that he left behind. Yeah. So um, it says, according to a source, Bryant and the estate had grown frustrated uh, with Nike limiting availability of Kobe products during his retirement and after his January 2020 death in a helicopter crash. There were also frustrations with the lack of availability of Kobe footwear in kids sizes. Uh, she said, my hope will always, will always be to allow Kobe fans to get and wear his product. Yeah. Uh, I will continue to fight for that. Kobe's products sell, uh, sell out in seconds. That says everything. Yeah. I think, but I think that she's kind of on her back foot here just because I don't think that you can't put, you can't put Kobe Bryant sneakers with anything other than that Nike swoosh. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do? Brand to Adidas? I, you, you can't do it. It's, it's just not. So I think that I, I think Nike will come around and they'll make a deal. I don't know if it'll be a lifetime deal, but they might sweeten it a little bit. But yeah, you got to realize that, you know, you can't put, you know, Adidas or Puma or whatever you want to put. You can't put a different name on it or maybe they go independent, but I just don't feel like it was. How'd that work for stuff on Marbury? Not very good. Or Shaq. By the way, I had several pairs of stuff on Marbury's growing up. Well, yeah, they were like 30 bucks. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, they were definitely affordable, but, yeah. it, you know. I mean, but, yeah. So, we'll see how that story develops. But, yeah, I, I um, yeah, that, Kobe's are not the same without that Nike swoosh. Yeah. So. so, all right, and that'll do it for news. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Asher. Appreciate you very much. All right. So, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. So, this year's NFL draft will be held in Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio, <laughs> on 
April 29th to May 1st. This is the 86th NFL Draft. And it will take place in downtown Cleveland, including the uh, first energy stadium, which is where the Browns play, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the Great Lakes Science Center. I'm a big fan. I have no idea what that even is. But... Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Cleveland? Um, As a city? Yeah. Um, I don't know much about it other than Drew Carey. Yeah, okay, solid. And uh, LeBron's from there. That's about it. He's from Akron. Akron, Ohio. I mean, I mean, he got drafted to Cleveland. He played for Cleveland. He ended yeah. up eventually winning a title, but that's about it. I mean... And that the Cleveland Browns have sucked my entire life. I don't know like how many people are stoked about being from Cleveland. Yeah, not a lot of people brag about that. That's not something yeah, that you like. like I, don't, I don't know that Cleveland is a destination. No, it's not. It, um, it's, it's just, you know, unfortunately... It's an interesting choice. I mean, I guess... I mean, maybe there's like a deal with teams that like you have to host a draft in their city every so often. I don't know. Well, now there's, it's been, you know, years and years. Well, even before that, there was a, it was just kind of, you know, in like literally like the ballroom of like a hotel. Yeah. And then they eventually upgraded and got some like TV publicity. So they moved it to the, um, uh, radio music hall. I think is what it's yeah. called in New York city. So, yeah. they, so it was, it was there, there for a while, right? A long time. And then eventually they got the idea of, we can make this even bigger and take it on the road. So they went to, um, I can't remember the first place they started, but I know that they were in, they were in Dallas, Texas. At one point yeah. they were in, uh, Philadelphia. They were in, now they're going to be in Cleveland. So they were in Nashville, Nashville. They were supposed to be in Vegas. They're supposed to be in Vegas. And that got, you know, COVID kicked that out. But, um, so I think that they've just kind of seen it as an opportunity to make it an even bigger event. Yeah. So, and it's obviously work cause there's tons of people there when they, when it's not uh COVID going on. So like, do you have favorite draft week festivities things or like, do you, what are your personally? Yeah. Um, well personally and like NFL related. Um, I mean, I definitely love, uh, just listening to the quote unquote experts talk yeah. <laughs> about like what they think is going to happen and you know, how many mock drafts they have. And then what, then like then the, when the day it happens and it doesn't go that way. Oh, yeah. oh, I love it. Cause then I remember this was a couple of years ago. Now uh, this is the first year that um, John Gruden was the coach of the Oak. It was still Oakland, the Oakland Raiders. He yeah. just came back. Yeah. And they thought that they were going to pick this guy. This whoever the player was, I can't remember. And then they ended up drafting Cleveland, Cleveland Farrell, who was a defensive end from Clemson. And I will never forget watching the experts like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay flipping through their notebook to try to find <laughs> this, try to find him, try to find this guy's name because he wasn't because they didn't have him as high, I guess, as Oakland did. Yeah. And they're just flipping and they're because I could I remember one of the, like the head color commentators like trying to pitch it to them like okay mel what do you got and yeah. he's still looking so they're just, they're just trying to kill time they're yeah. like interesting choice by the raider like they're just like and so i let i love watching that unfold that's always no, that's awesome. something uh very fun but yeah i i'm a i'm a guy who likes to watch the draft i know that that's kind of one it's just it, i mean when you break it down it's just a bunch of guys yelling out a list of names yeah but there's something about obviously the nfl does a good job of making it entertaining but there's just something about it that's just as an NFL fan that and a college fan because I know what the guys 
in college were able to do. Yeah. So you want to know if they'll be able to either translate it to the NFL, NFL yeah. or if they can, you know, really turn, a, you know, especially if you're a team that's drafting a quarterback, maybe this is your, your quarterback of the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say some of my favorite things are definitely looking inside to inside like draft room HQ at yes. like the different uh, How many teams. people are involved? Man. Oh, it's insane. Um, another thing is seeing the guys at home get the calls, mm-hmm. like sitting with their families. Yeah. Um, and then the booing of Roger Goodell. Oh, it's yeah, that's a guarantee too. Um, now, do you think there will be a wall of faces this year, like they did? Oh man, previously. Like they did I last. mean, because I mean, are they going to be able to get people in person in Cleveland? I do think that they are going to have uh, a crowd on hand. Okay, but I don't. I I really hope that they don't. I don't know how many the capacity is, but I really hope that they don't do the the wall again just because i felt like it was uncomfortable just because yeah. i remember i remember when green bay picked last year and they picked jordan love quarterback everybody was so pissed yeah and they because they want the fans to be like excited for their team and they're all just like turning and you can see them like mouthing like wtf and stuff yeah like that. i mean which is entertaining but yeah it's, you know it's awkward uh, i was just gonna look at some of the prospects real quick this year's uh draft looks to be very top heavy with, with quarterbacks uh, uh i feel like it's been that who's way number for- one uh, pretty much the consensus. There's not any doubters. It's Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from, Cle- from Clemson. I know, shocking, but he is uh, according to ESPN.com. They they give them a grade from I guess pre- presumably zero. I don't know if, if you can even get that low. Zero to one hundred. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence is given a ninety-seven. Jesus. So that's an A plus. A, a plus, plus plus. plus. <laughs> you know. So I mean, but I mean, he's pretty much. Uh, I mean, he's got. Like in terms of the measurables, he's got it. He's six foot six, two hundred and thirteen pounds. I think he ran. I don't have his speed. I here. really don't like that. I weigh more than him, and he's. Like <laughs> I, I weigh more a than foot him too. Taller than me, but um, he and I mean, I, I mean, proven winner. He's got no real ish. In, you know, knock on wood, no injury histories, no nothing like that. And so he's been. We were discussing this earlier. He's even been touted as not having any motivation because scouts and analysts have not being able to find anything wrong with him. Yeah. And just like, with, but with any of the other prospects on here, they can point to at least a couple things that they would f- feel is a weakness, but Trevor Lawrence, there's really nothing. And maybe that, maybe that's good or maybe that's really bad, but it scares me. Tell. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. I mean, it, it scares a lot of people, but because you know, it, it, it almost makes them seem like unhuman in yeah. a way or immortal t- kind of, but um, yeah, we'll see. But so then the other quarterbacks that are slated to go potentially, uh, potentially four in a row is, uh, Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU. You have, um, uh, Mac Jones, the quarterback. F- Zach Wilson is the one they're projecting going to the jets, right? Correct. Yeah. They think he's going to go to the jets. Uh, they have Mac Jones, yeah. Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama. And then, uh, Trey Lance, the quarterback from, uh, North Dakota state. Oh, and uh, and Justin Fields. Sorry, Justin Fields, the qu- quarterback from Ohio State. Yeah. So maybe five in there. But I actually saw this tweet. I wanted to read it because it's very interesting because everybody is so is already trading out to try to get these quarterbacks. But uh, statistics say that just 43% of first-round quarterbacks sign a second contract with the team that drafted them. Wow. Right? Which means only two of this year's 
five projected uh, first-round quarterbacks will get a second contract. And wide receiver is even worse. Wide receiver is only 27%. So what is your best first-round bet? It's actually offensive lineman. Offensive lineman is 68%. I feel like if you're an offensive lineman getting drafted into the NFL, like that, there's a pretty good prospect that you're going to do well. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, because I feel like getting to the NFL as an offensive lineman is a feat in of itself. Of course, yeah. But, I mean, you're definitely, you know, I mean, even out of college, automatically you're one of the biggest guys in the field. Yeah. So you definitely have the size and more than likely the strength on your side. So now it's just about honing in your craft. And also get the, getting those guys into an NFL locker room. Right. I and mean, you can pack more pounds on them than you did, could in college. Of course. I mean, yeah. get them an NFL nutritionist and an NFL I mean, now, strength and conditioning Now coach. football becomes their job. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, you, you eat, breathe, and live football. So I'm going to make a bold prediction. All right, let's hear it. Don't think Justin Fields is going to get a second contract. You uh, don't, you don't, I don't think he'll get a second year contract, a second contract with his same team. Okay, yeah, um, the quarterback from Ohio State. And I don't think the new quarterback for the Jets, for the Jets, Zach Zach Wilson, Wilson, yeah, is going to get a second contract. Okay, yeah, with the Jets. I actually, uh, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth because I actually have. I, I decided I could do like 10, but I did two. I did two potential steals in the draft, and I did two poten- potential busts in the yeah. draft, and one of them is Zach Wilson, quarterback for BYU, like I mentioned earlier. But the only reason I think he could be a bust is because he's going number two to the Jets. Yeah, and I think it's because it's the Jets. And because in at least recent history, I mean, heck, you can go two decades. I haven't seen – anything that would suggest that the Jets know what they're doing and they can develop a winning team. Yeah. You know, I mean, so they think that they had, they thought that they had it with Sam Darnold. They've moved on from him. Now they think it's going to be Zach Wilson, which no offense to him. He's a quarterback from BYU. He hasn't really faced a top level, top level talent, or he hasn't faced like been in a situation against a really good team and they've been down and had to come back and win type Mm -hmm. of thing. So, not saying he can't do it, but it just – if he was going to, like, a really good team, maybe I could see that happening. But since he's not, I think he he's definitely got an uphill battle. But the other potential bust that I have is uh, Witty Pay. He's the defensive end from Michigan. Mm. He's currently projected to go, I think, 14th to Minnesota. Uh, the only reason why I think he could be a bust – is because he's definitely he's big he's i think he's six foot five 265 pounds something like that mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely got like the intangibles i didn't see a lot of it you didn't see a lot of it so the production really wasn't there because he had granted last year they didn't play a full season but still they played a couple games and he had a whopping one sack oh so for a de- for a defensive end to only have one sack do you have previous year stats on him um i can pull that up give me one second yeah i mean he definitely was able to i mean he's big and he's got a lot of you know uh ability yeah i just don't think that he had him yeah, let me see here uh yeah the year before he had uh 50 tackles six and a half sacks so he's, that's respectable he's, he, that's obviously that's respectable numbers he's gonna have to go to um the minnesota vikings if it were to go the way most mocks have them and miss in Minnesota is not 
known for having a great defense mm-hmm. in the NFL. So he's going to have to be that guy who, if he doesn't have a lot of experience, is going to have to take over for a team. Yeah. And I just don't know if he can do that. Yeah. So we'll see. Absolutely. Um, and then real quick, just to, I'll just cover my two potential steals for the draft. I have uh, the linebacker uh, Micah Parsons out of inside linebacker out of Penn State. And then the other steal I have is uh, Najee Harris, the mm. running back from Alabama. Now, uh, where's Najee Harris listed right now? Like? He is currently at like average in mock drafts, 36th. What? So, second round, uh, maybe to the Dolphins, right? I need to be a huge pickup for the Dolphins. And I think these analysts, in my opinion, and these scouts are getting cute because they don't even have, they have him ranking, they have him ranked as the second best running back in this draft behind, um, his name escapes me, but the Clemson running back. Yeah. Who, I mean, let's get serious. Alabama has a, their own running back factory at this yeah. point with the amount of running backs they've been able to put into the NFL. And to, to say that Najee Harris is not the best running back in this draft, I think is just a joke. Yeah. So obviously it's been a trend in the NFL for, um, to not draft or not take running backs very high because they, the college produces so many and they don't seem to do very well going into their second contract a la, uh, Christian McCaffrey or Ezekiel Elliott or um, who's the other one? Uh, Dalvin Cook, so on and so forth. Guys like that, so they haven't been as valued. But if you need a running back, I think you pick him, and there's no, there's no debate. Yeah. Uh, and then Micah Parsons, I think he's one of those guys who he ran like a four four zero or a four three eight at like 245 pounds as an inside wow. linebacker. And I know they have him going at like 17, so it's not low for a linebacker. But I think he's one of those guys who could. Who could transform your defense if you need a good defensive presence? I'm pretty sure I'd run a high 12. A high 12? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably close to double digits. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the fact that he's... I know. don't know that I could run 40 yards. <laughs> Without needing a break in between. Yeah. I'm so, pretty sure I'd get 10 yards in and be like, hold on. Just, hold on. Just yeah. pause. Can you stop the clock? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we'll keep going. So, yeah. Definitely two guys to look out for as uh, potential steals when they go and enter the draft. Absolutely. Moving on, since you're our unofficial UCF ambassador. Unofficial? Come on. I mean, uh, yeah, we're, no, absolutely. We're, we're waiting for the the paperwork to come through <laughs> to make it official. So once that comes through, you'll be the official absolutely. ambassador. So um, as the unofficial ambassador of UCF Knights, I was wanting to see if you had some guys in mind for this year's draft and where you think they'll go. Absolutely. So UCF actually right now is tied for number of defensive back Tied for highest number of defensive back pros, uh, top 100 prospects uh, going into the draft. Wow. Three defensive backs that are expected that to go, go in, the top in the top 100. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. So first one is Richie Grant, safety for University of Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, had 70. So this is last year's stats. 72 tackles, 49 solo. Mm, that's a lot. First for, for safety, that's a lot. Two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Mm-hmm. Uh, three interceptions. Okay. And this is the 2020 abbreviated season. Right. Yeah, it wasn't a full season. Uh, he uh, had in 2018, which was his best to date, mm-hmm. six interceptions that season. Wow. Uh, he's expected to go 45, 45th mm. pick. Okay. All right. That would put him at like second round middle yeah, second round mid, mid round two okay i mean definitely a talented safety um who 
now he's, he's like, a, the uh, the good things about I mean the good things that are being said about it, he flies around the field. Yeah. He's he's very he has great ball awareness. Mm-hmm. Um he's I didn't put it down here, but his pass deflections are great. Yeah, he's um very active when he's out there. He's never he's always um He's not afraid to, as I say, mix it up. And, yeah. You know, either either by making the tackle clearly or trying to disrupt the play. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say, though? No, I was just going to say that I think that he definitely provides, um, it's especially at the safety position. He, you can kind of, I don't think you can put him anywhere, but he's he's very flexible. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not. He. You can't. Just, you could probably move him to strong and free safety. Yeah. And you could probably even put him down hybrid if you really want to kind of get him not at a linebacker, but like in the middle, yeah. you know what I mean? And he can be very disruptive. So if, if you're a team that needs uh secondary help, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes early, yeah, I earlier mean, than 45. I mean, I think I, I don't think he'll be a day one starter or anything like that. I think no. he'll add, depth. He'll, need, he'll need some time. Yeah. He'll add depth to the position though. They'll get to see how he works on the practice field. Um, and, uh, you know, he'll get to learn from top tier talent. Cool. So awesome. Uh, next on the list is Aaron Robinson, quarterback. I not quarterback, sorry, cornerback. Corner. Yes. Cornerback. Uh, again, these are 2020 stats 41 tackles, 31 solo tackles, uh, one forced fumble, and one forced fumble recovery. Um, and in 2019, last season, he had three interceptions along with three pa- I mean, along with six passes pass to flex. Nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's expected to go 61st. Okay, yeah. So that would put him into the third. Yeah, about beginning the third, of the third round. Beginning of the third round. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty similar to Richie Grant uh, in terms of his uh, numbers. A little low, a little lower on tackles and whatnot, but I think that he's definitely, yeah, he's very quick, right? Yeah. That I, what I remember. Yeah. I think he yeah. ran a four, three or something like that. Yeah. I think it was like a four, three, eight. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a guy that you can, um, put like, if you have like a speedy receiver, you need him exactly. to cover, he'll, yeah, he'll be able can, to keep up. Exactly. So exactly. And that, that's what he's going to add to a team is some speed at that cornerback position. Um, and I mean, he's not, he's not a big guy, right. so that's definitely one of his weaknesses. He'll, he'll de- he'll definitely need yeah. some bulking. Right. Um, but you know, he does add some much needed speed for some teams at that cornerback position to kind of fill out that roster. Cool. Yeah. I'll be excited to see, see where he goes. And then the third to go top 100, uh, estimated is Tay Gowan, another cornerback. Yeah. Now he did not play the 2020 season. Okay. Uh, so, and he has only had one year of FBS play. Was that by, cho- did he not play by choice or was that? Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. He, I didn't know if it was like a he, COVID thing or. Yeah. I think he sat out because of COVID. Opted out. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was an opt out. All right. Um, and before that he was a JC player. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Normally guys who can make the jump from JC to like a big division one school like that are usually like their progressive arc is really high. Yeah. So I think that if he would have played uh, this year, he 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 might have outplayed these two guys we just mentioned. Yeah. But um, yeah. So what do you got? Do you so got- yeah, in 2019, he had 31 tackles, 22 solo, uh, eight passes deflected. Nice. Uh, mm. Two interceptions. Nice. Yeah. And that was his first time. That was his first year in FBS play. Yeah. I mean, that's so if you get him with the right people. Line. Yeah, if you get him with the right people, he's going to produce. Wow. Uh, but there's just so many unknowns 
yeah. about him, which I think drops him in the ranks. Yeah. So he's expected to go 96. Okay. That's, at least that's what Kuiper's pick is. Yeah. All 96. Right. And yeah. again, we know that these uh, so-called experts can be wrong. So yeah. I mean, we'll I see. wouldn't be surprised if he went ahead of one of these two guys. It just because if a team, because there's, you know, if a team really likes what they see or there's just like the, the potential, they'll, they'll, they might just jump and grab them. But um, yeah, I'd be nervous just with like, obviously if you have a limited amount of a sample size to draw from, yeah, kind of makes it hard to pull the trigger, but we'll see what happens. Um, and then I've got one other player listed here, not a defensive back, uh, but that is Marlon Williams, wide receiver for University of Central Florida. Last year, he had 71 receptions for 1,039 yards. That's a that's a lot of yards. For yeah, 14, uh, average fourteen point six yards per catch. That's that's a first down and a half. Yeah, catch. Uh, ten touchdowns last season. Yeah, how many games did they play last season? Ten. S- mm, yeah, because they went six and four. Yeah, that's yeah touchdown a game. Yeah, and there were hey. there were multiple games where he had two to three touchdowns in a single game. Wow. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a nice stat line. You definitely want that on your resume. Um, but overall, just incredible player. Yeah, what I'm hearing it sounds like he is definitely a uh, downfield type receiver. Because I mean, if you're getting that many yards per catch, you yeah, you're not just getting short slants or bubble routes. In 2017, he rushed twice. Okay, averaged 27 yards <laughs> per rush. <laughs> So he's big play guy. Yeah, very big, exactly. Very much a vertical big play receiver. Um, we'll see if he gets if he gets some love in this draft. He even had a he even had a pass. He even threw a pass in twenty eighteen. Oh man, he's for twenty three yards. Mister Do It All. Yeah, we'll see if he gets any love. Just because there's going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of wide receivers taken in this year's draft. Uh, it's, it's so that that uh, pool of talent is going to be flooded. Um, especially early off the board, so we'll see if he has any value, any value late. Yeah, but um, his long res- his, and his longest reception last uh last year was eighty five yards. Eighty five. Yeah, that's that's plenty. <laughs> that's plenty long. All right. Um, okay. If you're all wrapped up on that's all those, I, got. I actually have a UCF draft trivia. Ooh, I'm going to do horrible. I'm going <laughs> to see how well you know your knights in terms of NFL talent. All right. Uh, this I got, is going to be bad. I got eight questions. Okay. All right. Number one, who was the first UCF player ever drafted? Dante Culpepper. Incorrect. Fuck. That was a good guess, though. It was, that right? Was a good guess. Uh, you were, you probably, could, the, probably the first UCF player drafted in the first round. Probably. Um, Actually, I don't even know if he was first round. He was. Yeah. Um, Ted Wilson. What year was that? He was a wide receiver who went to the former R words in 1987. So they weren't even. They weren't even FBS. They weren't even FBS time. then. Yeah. And they see. So he still got selected. He got selected in the tenth round. Oh. There aren't even ten rounds anymore for those who are keep, <laughs> keep, for those who are keeping track at home. So anyway, I. To be fair, you know, I think a I lot don't. of people are keeping track at home. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, I did not know who this person was either. <laughs> so, okay, uh, all right. Question number two: Who was the most recent UCF player drafted? The most recent UCF player drafted, correct? Actually drafted because we had a lot of 
free agents last year. Yes. Um. Oh gosh. Was it last year? Yeah, it was. It was somebody from last year's draft. You've actually mentioned him on this podcast. Oh, before. Uh, Traquan Smith. No, no, he was. He was a couple years ago. I've mentioned him on this podcast. You've mentioned him on this podcast before. It was in passing, but you did mention him. Well, now now, it, would you now like, I'm never going to get it. Would you like a hint? Yes. His initials yeah. are GD. GD. Uh, Gabe Davis. Gabriel Davis. Gabe Davis, of course, yes. to the Bills. He's wide receiver to the Bills. We, yes. got, th- we got there. Yeah, we did. So he's... Uh, you know, he cried at a football game when... Uh, uh, it might have been Aaron Robinson. Uh, no, it couldn't have been Aaron Robinson. Uh, one of the players uh, busted his ACL, and mm. it was a game that Morgan and I were at together. And he ran over to uh, the player that was down yeah. and started crying. Oh. And well, Mor- I mean, Morgan, how could you not? Well, and Morgan's like, he's sad. He doesn't get to play with his friend. Which, uh, not I mean, wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> But but also I don't, I don't more know to ex- it than that. Yeah, I don't think it's that exact thought. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you that one. Okay. That's one. And then number question number three: Who was the highest drafted UCF player? Of Blake all Bortles. Blake Bortles. Old Blake. Number three. Number three overall to the Jaguars. Which I'm a Blake Bortles defender. I love the boat. Blake Bortles. The boat. He yeah. was. I thought he was just in a really bad position, and I mean he got he got pushed out of Jacksonville because he, he didn't perform the way they needed him to, but I, he's kind of like a, like a what if story to me. Yeah. Cause I really, I really loved watching him play in college. He was so much fun to watch. Is he a backup right now? Or did he, he, he was a backup. He was a backup in uh, Los Angeles. Mm. I'm not sure if he's still there or not. Google will tell me. Yeah. Um, and then he did go to the Broncos, but I'm not sure. He's, he's a free agent. He is a free agent now. So, yes. um, might be the end for him. Womp but, womp. Um, definitely. Yeah, he joined the Broncos in 2020, and I guess they released him. Yeah, definitely a highlight. Definitely a highlight for UCF to go that high in the draft. All right. Question number four. Which NFL teams have taken the most UCF players? And there is, I'll give you a cat. There's a big asterisk to this. There is a tie because there one, two, three, four, five teams have all taken <laughs> have all have all taken three UCF players. So I'm gonna say na- Jacksonville. Name one of them. Okay, Jacksonville is correct. Yeah, it's the Bills, Ravens, Jaguars, Vikings, and Seahawks have all taken three. UCF oh players. well, yeah, Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin yeah. to the Seahawks plus one other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. There you go. Okay. You're right. now three and one. Uh, number five. Which position has been drafted the most all time? Linebacker. Incorrect. All right. Wait. No. No. Don't. I'm just gonna start throwing out positions. Yeah. Yeah. Cornerback. Cornerback. No. It's not quarterback. No. No. No, because I mean you got Bortles and Culpepper. That's about it. That's it. Um, wide receiver. Wide receiver. Really? Wide receiver. And that's interesting. Not a lot of wide receivers get drafted. 
Yeah, no, you have they. It was eleven. It was it would twelve if you would have counted like the cornerbacks and safeties combined, but because because some of them just call them defensive backs, but I didn't count it like that. So. Yeah. But wide receivers, there's eleven. You have eleven all time. Dating, let me see, all the way back to 1987, 87, 87, and 88 and 91. Mm. So, and all the way up to last year with Gabe Davis. So wide receiver. Okay. Next question. Number six, how many nights have been selected all time? How many total players in all rounds they, that have been drafted? Okay. Um, I'm going to throw out a number. Mm-hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you uh plus or minus five. So if you within five, all right, so my number is going to be 22. Am I all right? Am I low or am I high? You're too low. Am I way too low? No, not way too low. 30. 34. 34. Okay. 34 players have been selected at all time. Better uh, than I expected. Yeah. It's um although I mean 34 players in well, I guess 20 years of FBS play, 20 well, more It than, says that they've know. been a uh UCF fielded its first varsity team in 1979, and then they went to D1 in 96. Yeah, quarter century, quarter century. 30, yeah. 35 players, 34 players 34. in 25 years of FBS. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, not horrible. No. It's, it's super young school, so. Yeah. All right. Question number seven. How many players that have been drafted have been selected to the Pro Bowl? So looking for a number. Uh, um, I'm gonna say two, six, six, really? Six. So, all right. So Dante Culpepper. Okay. Uh, Shaquille Griffin. Is that right? Yes. You said Shaquille. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shaquille Griffin. Okay. Do we have some linemen in there? Yep. Yeah. There's some line. All right. I'm not gonna know who the linemen are. Um. How many are there? What two linemen? Two. Yep. Yeah. Two notable linemen, yeah. Okay. And now we've got two left. I don't have the other two. Okay. So you have just in the order that they have. It's, not, it's listened, not portals. They have uh, Asante Samuel. Oh, that's a, yep. Who went to the yep, New England yep. Patriots. Oh, wait. Uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, wide receiver for the Broncos. Uh, ja Reed. He was, or no, sorry, not that guy. I misread that. Latavius Murray. Oh. Running back for the, Raider, for the Raiders in 2015. Uh, Dante Culpepper. Uh, Josh Sitton, uh, guard for the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, Shaquille Griffin. Yeah, and it's Dante Samuel. So those are the six right there. Okay. Yeah. I sh- all right. So I definitely should have gotten Latavius Murray. Yeah. Uh, and I should have gotten Asante Samuel. But those are kind of hard. Yeah. Hard, uh, hard to follow. Okay, and then it kind of goes with the, the question I just asked. If you can kind of think in your mind, last one is question eight: How many knights that have been drafted have won a Super Bowl? I believe Asante Samuel did. Mm-hmm. That's one. Did Latavius Murray win a Super Bowl with the Broncos? No. Um, Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so know. give me a number. How many? How many think one? Two. 
It's actually three. Three. Sante Samuel won two Super Bowls with the Patriots. Uh, Josh uh, Sitton, he won one with the Packers. And then uh, Ja Reed, he won one with the Baltimore Ravens. Interesting. He was he was another offensive tackle. So you got a, a tackle, a guard, and a defensive back have won a Super Bowl. All right. So that was fun. Yeah. So um, I know nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, I I knew maybe half of those before I looked them up. Yeah. And, and decided to ask you these questions, but um, yeah, definitely interesting. I had no idea. That somebody from UCF got drafted in '87, just just because <laughs> that's just wild, just a wild fact. Because I mean, you got to think if you're not even a Division One team, either you have to be really good or somebody's desperate yeah. for a wide receiver. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there was actually in a, the tenth round, there was actually another guy. He was the first one selected. But there was another one who was drafted in the twelfth round, also a wide receiver. Twelfth round. Twelfth round. Yeah. That's a lot of that's a lot of people. That's could you imagine Mel Kiper after eleven rounds just <laughs> just giving his opinions on players and talking players about that he's never seen or heard of before. He, he's got like a a Twitter video playing of how, talking about how they have a high motor and all that kind of shit. But he's uh, real wiggly. Uh, are you going to watch any of the draft next uh, week? I mean, you're not a big. I draft might watch guy. the first round. Maybe yeah. maybe round one and two. Yeah. But I kind of start to lose interest after that. Yeah. Um, I mostly am like trying to follow either my team or I try to follow like just try to listen for like I mean, big so names. I remember Ke- the year that Kevin Smith went into the draft. I think that was two thousand. Gosh, probably six, seven, maybe. Um, and he went in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Um. But just watching, waiting for his name to pop up. Same thing with Shaquem Griffin, not getting drafted. I thought for sure he'd be a round one, round two pick. Now, yeah, Shaquem was fifth round, pick 141. And who'd you say? Oh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith was round three. Oh, round three. Okay. Pick 64. Okay. So so I got the two flipped. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and I remember being so disappointed that Shaquem Griffin wasn't being picked higher. Yeah, but I mean, looking at his performance after the fact. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. I mean, it goes without saying. There's always you know steals and drafts, and so um, just, be, just that, and that's another reason why I, will, I like watching the drafts is because you never know who's going to be that steal guy. Yeah, who's going to be that guy who is who plays way above their value, and then um, you know who's going to be the bust because inevitably. You know, not all of the first round, or what I even say, like forty three percent of the first round picks or the first round quarterbacks are going to even hit. So um, you got you got to think that you got to people are getting excited now, but fast forward a couple years, they're going to be very disappointed. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, What do you think of draft day trades to trade position? It's wild, and usually. Uh, beyond overpriced, like and normally, because the team if the team moves up, most of the time it's it at least feels desperate. Yeah, you know, because most recently, or at least in my mind, most recently, the when Chicago traded up one pick, they were at thir- they were at number three, 
and they traded up to number two to draft Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> who has not worked out at, at all. all. So, and they ended up passing. They they drafted Mitch Trubisky, and they passed on guys like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So just because you make those trades up, it's not always because they ended up giving up their third pick and then their third round pick and like two fourth round picks. Yeah. So they gave up a King's ransom to get really nothing in return. So uh, sometimes it does work out. Uh, like they, the Atlanta Falcons did that with Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. They drafted him, I think sixth overall, which everyone thought was high for a wide receiver, but uh, it, worked out for them so it worked out. It was, yeah, it definitely worked out for them. So it's, it's, uh, it's always interesting to see. I think we'll see, I think we're going to see a, I don't want to say a bunch, but we're definitely going to see a couple of picks like that. I think Atlanta has the uh, the sixth pick this year, and uh, people think that they're going to get a quarterback. But I, I don't think there's any way to get a quarterback with Matt Ryan still there and still playing, at least at the level that he's playing. Yeah. And so I think that they're going to – I don't know. I think they're going to use that pick as like leverage and try to see if they can't trade down and get a bunch of picks. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. That'll about do it for us here today. Thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting the podcast. You can give us a follow on uh, Twitter Whatever. and Instagram at uh, Dos Roster Pod, and uh, feel free to leave us a review and like, share, whatever you, whatever it is you do on these social media these days. Um, all right. You got anything else? Or that is that going to do it for you, Noah? That'll do it for me. All right. Signing off for now. I'm Paul. I'm Noah. Be good, y'all.